tail another day. <sighs> oh me, I am just not entirely inspired today. I know I'm required to give a daily tale, but we all need a change to our routines. I know. Lame. What about you, sir? Why don't you stand on the stage in front of this massive audience? Too scared? Unable to withstand the onslaughts of thousands of balefully scrutinous aisles? Oh, come on! It's not like the audience will bite your head off. Worried that you would make a fool of yourself? If you were to lead our kingdom, the goblins would have plundered our kingdom and razed it to the ground. Have you ever heard of courage? I presume not, for you are gormless, feckless, and milk-toast. As spineless as the malculent squid in the tank over there. I do apologize. It has been a long day, and you have yet to have your liquid courage. Put that drink down! That's not what I meant, but I do thank you, as I am now inspired to give you all a tale to instill courage to all who listens. With the shards of that man's broken reputation, I shall pierce the veil so we can peer into the world of a spineless duo of Ramble Shamble. Wow, howdy. Welcome to our humble little podcast called Ramble Sham. I'm the sheriff of this said episode, and I'm joined by my deputy, Jotun. Say howdy, Jotun, to the city slickers. Howdy, y'all. That will do, deputy, that will do. Now, you're all probably wondering why I'm speaking in this particular dialect for this episode of Ramble Sham. Well, as Sheriff Mackey of this said podcast episode, I thought it would best suited for the topic of confidence, as I believe cowboys exhibit or demonstrate the best confidence in most cultures, especially for who you commonly refer to as Westerners. But in that little short little slick, welcome to Ramble Shamble, guys. It was just a little fun little intro. I thought just to spice up the intro, uh, so saying hello everyone, welcome, and that kind of thing. Yeah. So. The episode today is all about confidence and I thought it was best suited to kind of touch on some cowboy kind of intro because for me at least, cowboys have always exhibited this kind of macho confidence manliness that like everyone has this kind of stereotypical viewpoint of. And I'm not sure, Jotun, I know you are deputy of this said episode, but what what's your opinion? Do you think cowboys have that kind of air of confidence about them or... Do you think there's a better culture that I should probably have targeted instead of said cowboys? I I don't really think that cowboys are confident in in the way that you are referring to. Okay. Um, okay. Or, or what people normally think of as con- confident, and that's just because I think that cowboys just don't care. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> I think well, then- I think they don't care, but it's more because. They, they've already gone through such like grueling things and embracing the suck is just a, a, a daily part of their lives. And so if you tell them something like, oh, you need to stand up to this kind of person and ask this chick out or whatever, then they'll just be like, okay, come on now. Like I, I wrangle, I don't know, bulls for a, for a chore every day. And yeah. I often have to like stand up to wolves and shoot at people in the middle of the street and shit like please take your your childish troubles and go somewhere else i think that's more their vibe rather than confidence okay because i i actually found it quite rather interesting because being a cowboy obviously you're dealing with a whole bunch of like sickness as you mentioned before you have to like manage cattle or 
hog tie a bull if you wish. And I know that's obviously considered quite stupid in most cases, but their bravery almost gives them that confidence that they think they can do pretty much anything they want. Wouldn't like I understand like in we obviously don't have like a clear picture of what Western society was like in the Wild West, but yeah, I don't know. What exhibit confidence? Okay, well, I think this is actually best suited for the main body of the episode because <laughs> we're going to get very philosophical. And okay. you've been making me, th- making me think very f- philosophically all week. So we can get into that when you want to. But uh, yeah, let's, let's leave that for, for deeper in the episode. Because okay, it's okay. going to get all nitty and crazy, at least with me. Okay. But uh, guys, if you have not, don't know who, who Ramble Shamble is, a really brief breakdown. Ramble Shamble is a podcast that we stream on pretty much every podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. Rumble is going to be something that we're going to put a little more effort into. And you can find our Discord, which is the best way to join, communicate, and possibly game with us. You could also possibly join a podcast episode if you so do wish. It is also appreciative if you guys can share topic ideas. But the best thing that we would like from you guys, because we, we will give you guys shout outs if you're part of a podcast or anything, we're happy to give you a shout out. But you need to give us something in return besides giving us a fat like or five star or whatever rating system you can give give us is what do you think is or give an answer to the questions that we ask you to the end of of each episode and Jotun's the best one to describe why we kind of use those uh, comments to or feedback in our shorter ramble shrapnels yes so for ramble shrapnel we take a few of the or not a few but normally our favorite response from one of the questions that we ask you inside the main episode and we just talk about that for a little bit instead so um for example if we're talking about something like the she's the most beautiful woman from history or something and i said cleopatra and mackie said something like i don't know Madonna, but only 80s Madonna, because like before that she was a bit dodgy and after that she was a bit dodgy. So like 80s Madonna or whatever. But then someone like you or or someone from the audience inside either Discord or one of our other social media channels says, no, actually you think it was Helen of Troy. Then, you know, Mackie and I might think that, you know, that's Helen of Troy is a very good thing to talk about. So we're going to talk about that in the the shrapnel episode. And so then we will. But the the shrapnel episode, because it's a a little bit or a piece of something, is much shorter. And therefore, we are a little bit time restricted. So we'll just choose the one woman, just Helen of Troy, smoking as she is. And we'll talk about her for a bit. In a similar way, we're going to ask you guys questions later in this episode. And please, we'd like your feedback. Leave them in the comments or on one of our social media platforms. And we'll get to it. So uh, that is a very good description of who we Ramble Shamble are about. Again, guys, this episode's all about confidence. If this is not a topic that you guys find of particular interest, I encourage you to listen to at least of our given statements because you'll be surprised sometimes we we mention some really interesting facts that you might not have quite been aware of but if you don't quite you want a more sci-fi topic please check out other topics we got we carry we cover quite an array of topics nothing the same every week so there's always something for everyone and if not if we haven't covered that said topic yet tell us tell us we must cover the most beautiful woman of all time if that is really what you wish we will cover it (laughs) But going into the episode today, so I am the host. So I gave Jotun the topic to this for this week, all about confidence. And is this something that I felt that you said you said confidence slash courage, and I actually skewed more towards the courage aspect. That's fine. So I agree. We, uh, confident, we might com- talk about slightly different things, but that's that's exactly the same thing. For what well, I agree, confidence slash courage. Because they're not the same, I will admit that, but they borderline share hand in hand to do certain activities that were too daunting for most. And that's why yeah. I was trying to cover that kind of thing. Because in life, people who experience these challenges or difficulties always become stronger when they go through it. And when people tend to flee or huddle or block that kind of said activities, 
they don't really grow as an individual. Again, this is something that I observed from living on this planet Earth. I've experienced both sides where I rather run from my troubles. As opposed to living where? The moon. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm just being a dick. Never no, mind. No. Carry no, on. No, <laughs> so we'll definitely, we'll definitely touch on more personal sides uh, later in this episode. But for now, I asked Jotun, and I also have my one prepared, to tell me a, tell me a real-life story of, or possibly a, 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 an instance of courage or confidence of why they believe it, why why we each other believe ours is better than each other's. So Jotun, would you like to go first with the with your prepared option, or should I? Um, I actually think you should go first because my one is a little bit unconventional, okay, and okay. Um, for that reason, I think that it'll be something that is less expected. Okay, no, I look forward to hearing it then. Okay, so. The cowboy thing, please, guys, that was just a fun little skit I just wanted to do in the beginning. I'll do those every now and again. But my story or my factual story is a real life story of where Germany was defeated and obviously was divided between both the communists and America. So was it America or was it British? It was probably Britain, where there was a massive war between both sides of Germany and the communist side of Germany was not a very pleasant place to be in. So it was quite, it was in, during that era, I think it was 1979. I might be horribly wrong. Apologies if I am. They are, so a lot of Germans wanted to get to the other side of the war to get to a more freer side of Germany, where compared to their current side was a lot of poverty and there was secret agent police who would put, pe- put in prison people who were speaking out against their government. So there was a lot of dodgy stuff happening back in the day. So two German men Gunther and Peter I have to say like Gunther <laughs> does it have an umlaut oh you have to do that eh decided to escape the communist territory so they they the the two the two Germans I think one was a, a electronic technician and which one rem- which one I can't remember who who's which. are you sure I sorry I just I really want you to say the name the names Gunther again. and Peter <laughs> okay. Gunther and Peter I think <laughs> I think I'm satisfied, all the listeners. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I'll be saying their names like that for the whole story. So don't worry. Uh, I got you guys covered. So okay, sweet. The goal, their goal, both of them. So they, their goal was to get both fam- both of their families across the border. Now, back in the day, the border was well on, well, and many people have attempted to come over this war, but were shot to death or captured and beat, beaten to prison or thrown away so their lives were destroyed basically if they ever attempted to go past the wall so a lot of people dug under a lot of people tried to ramp gates some people tried to break the wall down so there was a lot of conflict and they decided that they needed to figure out a new way of getting their families to the freer side of germany so one day one of their cousins came i don't know why they came from the freer side of germany to their side of germany Maybe they had a free, uh, like a, a passport visa that allowed them to go to each side freely. And basically, they saw an ad, American advert of a hot balloon festival. And they got inspired by this hot balloon that they believed that this would be the, the, the mode of transport to take them across from West Germany towards East Germany. Sorry, East Germany to West Germany, wrong way around. And they believed that this was their way of doing it. However, they did not have any blueprints. So the, all they worked from was on a piece of paper, uh, a piece of like newspaper ad- paper, and some adverts that they've seen, where they were then trying to decipher how to make a hot, bal- hot air balloon work, and how to how to direct it from obviously where they are to the free side of Germany. So Gunther and Peter had uh, tried many attempts. So they they didn't do one attempt and boom, they managed to do it. No, no, no. They had a lot of difficulties to overcome. So obviously, again, not being fully aware of how, how a hot balloon is made or controlled, they had to do some trial and errors and they needed to gather resources. So they had to get certain fabrics to, to sew their hot air balloon. But there was the secret police that I mentioned before that were looking around and making sure that no one was making any special contraptions to break or get around the wall that they have erected. So... They had to find a right material that was obviously not as flammable and obviously something that can get in large quantities and not look suspicious. 
So they decide to buy, it's called Tapida. I have no idea what Tapida is. Where they bought hmm. 700 square meters of Tapida. Maybe Yotan, do you know what Tapida is? I have no idea, dude. Yeah. <laughs> So they said it was a flexible, it was flexible enough and heat resistant enough to be used for most of the balloon. And so it's they, a material of some kind, like yeah, an so, alloy, probably. Yes, correct. Well, it was it was like a cloth, so it was a fabric, so they could sew sew it together. And they bought seven hundred square meters each on regular uh, on whenever they could. So they weren't there wasn't a lot that they were seeing as suspicious for some random reason, and but it was just the right material for them to do it. They also had to use linen as well, just to cover some of the areas. And they get collected, or they brought a propane tank, which they modified the escape or where the gas would come out with a stove pipe. So basically the stove, like a gas stove, you would open and turn it on and boom, there's the fire. So that's how they would produce the flame. And the basket was made of metal bars, metal bars, very thin metal bars where they literally had to huddle around the propane tank to stay in the basket because it was metal bars for this the vertical component and then what kept them from obviously falling out was rope but the rope was would go it was very short like half a meter from the bottom of the basket so it wasn't covering <laughs> most of the like if you <laughs> leant over you were falling so again they had to carry eight people in total so that is their whole both families combined and Again, like I said, they had to test it because they couldn't just make it and hope for the best. They did some trial runs during the time where secret police were a thing. And they had to obviously find the right place to do it, test it around. And luckily, they managed to not be noticed as badly. But all the attempts failed. Either certain things would break or the fabric would catch on fire. Certain things would not go the right way. So they were, things were not looking good. So coming to the point where things started to change. So Eastern Germany started noticing that a lot more people were attempted. So one of their failed attempts was actually noted and were found out that because they tested and they couldn't hide the balloon afterwards. So they had to ditch it and run. And the secret police found this contraption and immediately realized that people were attempting to make air balloons. So now secret police were trying to find who were buying certain fabrics or using the propane tanks or modifying their stoves. And they were now on the hot trail of both Gunther and Peter. So both of them were now on the radar. So now they had to make a, a desperate decision. Either they stay in where they are currently and hope that the secret police did not find them and continue to live in an oppressive communist country, or they have to put all their eggs in the basket, unintended, and go for the attempt to cross the border, cross the wall with their last air, air, hot air balloon attempt. And this is where- I think you where, can say border wall. Border that, wall. That works perfectly. Yeah. And this is where I, sh I have to admit, showed um, quite a lot of courage to do what they had to do. I know it was a bit like, in the sense of like, we could have just sat down and ha have a really high chance of being caught and being imprisoned and our families being tortured. But at the same time, this hot air balloon could have killed them all. So they attempted to go for it. They said, we have, there's no, there's no other option we have. The secret police are on their trail and they know which materials, so they could possibly backtrack the, like, the tapita material that they use for the hot air balloon. So there was a lot of things happening here. So they, it, at, on September 16, 1979, so that I was right about the year, at 1 a.m. in the morning, the families attempted one last attempt with the hot air balloon. During the takeoff, something went wrong. The the balancing, so in a normal hot air balloon, it's normally got one rope, which most people know. But in their hot air balloon, obviously they couldn't make it with the appropriate materials or have a nice basket. They had to tie down the balloon with four sides to keep it balanced and secure. Now, when they were removing these four balancing ropes that was keeping the, the balloon close to the ground, they couldn't remove it all simultaneously. So one of the, when they were removing one of the ropes, one of the ropes snapped and smacked. I don't, it didn't state when I was looking up, either Gunther or Peter in the face. And they were in quite a, they were bleeding quite a bit, but they couldn't stop because the secret police were now hot on their trail. So they had to do, attempt to keep going. Then another thing happened was during the ride, the anchor ropes 
the anchor ropes that I mentioned before, due to the fact they were not uh, removed simultaneously, the balloon started to lean to the side, like physically lean to the side. And since the balloon was already being heated up because they had to pump the balloon up with a modified motorbike exhaust engine. And so this balloon was already inflated. Now this air balloon was leaning to the side because one of the anchor points was, it was harder to be removed and caught on fire. The balloon was physically on fire at the edge. So luckily, <laughs> one of the sons brought a fire extinguisher so they could put out the fire on the balloon. I don't, I don't know whether to call BS on that or not. Like how what? the hell did the sun foresee that there would be a fire and then prepare with the Hot yeah, air balloon? But still the- Propane tank? <laughs> no, I. It is a fortunate, fortunate um, circumstance that they managed to do it. Maybe it was a fabrication in the story. That that's a very preppy child, bro. <laughs> I know. I don't know. I was, like, I was also like saying, "What the sun brought the fire extinguisher? Not going to a heater? <laughs> what are the chances? <laughs> oh darn! No great. Good thing we had that sun or so. So, but <laughs> yeah. So so they are now in the air. And you thought, oh, this is easy. Now they fly across the wall. No, because during this last attempt, the secret police added more defenses to the wall. They had more dogs. They had more barbed fences on the wall. They had more people with guns. They had more spotlights. So they really amped up the security. So now you think, okay, it's fine because they could maneuver the hot air balloon. Uh, uh, uh. This is a, is a handmade hot air balloon. They had no way of controlling this hot air balloon. They had to rely on wind alone. Obviously, they could go up and down because obviously that would have some form of control, but they couldn't really divert like an airplane, move far left or move far right, or quickly elevate or quickly drop. They were very open, like they were highly in the hands of Mother Nature. And fortunately for them, they did manage to cross the border. They crossed the border in a flight of 28 minutes, 28 minutes of just flying, aimlessly hoping that they would cross the border. And they managed to accomplish this amazing feat of feat. And nowadays, it actually did even come, it actually was put into a movie. That's how amazing it is. And it's a real life story. These two German families, both uh, two men, Gunther and Peter, who worked very hard. I'm sure the families did aid them where they could. But these two men decided, to take a real leap of courage to really show, to really bring a sense of freedom to their families. And I, ca- I cannot commend them hot well enough. The story is a story that I have s- initially saw in a Mythbusters episode where they attempted to replicate this hot air balloon. And I was literally blown away when I saw this. And I did some research and I, that's where I found out that it did make a movie. The movie's called Night Crossing. If you guys ever want to come check it out, I have not seen the movie. I am sorry. I, I realized there was a movie and I said, dang, I should watch this movie. But the real life story, just this, how they described it, it was just something that was really, really blew me away. And I have to give these guys top notch to physically make a hot air balloon by just simply seeing a picture of it. So they knew it existed, but they had no idea how it worked, where, how to make it work. And they engineered a solution to make to make something that could resemble this, and it ended up working to extend twenty eight minutes of flight. I don't know if that's considered a failure, but it got where they needed to go. So success. <laughs> that would almost definitely be a failure nowadays. Oh, hundred percent. Twenty eight minutes. Like, where's that going to take you? And it was <laughs> it was also in a balloon. It's not even in a plane. No. <laughs> yeah. So, like, how far can you really get? Yeah, but what did you really think of this this real life story of two German two German families crossing the border with just a, a homemade hot air balloon? It's interesting. Have you heard it about it before? No, um, especially considering the circumstances and the like, the ramifications that would have come about if they were caught. Oh, big time! Yeah, that it's a, it's a very interesting story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do encourage anyone to see that Mythbusters episode. They do it a whole lot more justice than I could give. So, but I did want to speak out this one because whenever I try to think of confidence, like people who like took a real massive leap, we often try to think of the war heroes and that kind of stuff. But this, these two men tried to bring their families a better life and they had to overcome so much kind of insecurities and 
they could have stopped. They could have stopped after the first attempt. By first attempt, I mean like when they were doing the prototype. But they kept going at it, eh? They thought that, no, this is worth it. And they kept doing it. And fortunately for them, they managed to do it. Yeah. No, it's, it's, a, it's definitely a, an inspiring story. Okay. So do you want to give yours or do you want to put calls into sure. why do you say, why is that your most confident one situation? Uh, well, yeah, let's ask you. Why, why is that your most confident one? Like why that particular story? The fact that they, that, uh, that they engineered their own hot air balloon was just something a lot more impressive to me because imagine seeing, like, like most people would see something in a magazine and scoff at it and say, no ways I can do that and then walk away. But it's like the Wright brothers, they looked at something and they said, we could do that. And the fact that they did do that under such extreme circumstances just said like, wow, like that just spoke to me like, well, these guys saw something in a picture and said, we can build that. And that probably is going to save our families. And they built it. <laughs> like they modified a, a motorbike and like, if you think of it, it's like, oh, yo, that, that makes sense. It was so easy. But like, to them, like, I don't know if I would be able to do that if I was presenting the same kind of circumstances. I'll probably say, no, I'll probably think about digging under that wall or go through the wall somehow or do something more like practical. But they thought right outside that box. They thought about the sky and not an airplane because an airplane can make a lot of noise. They thought we need something stealthy, something that can float and something that we can get past the wall that they would never expect. I just thought like, wow, uh, smocks, well done. Did not expect that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I think the most impressive thing I would make under those circumstances is just a big dumpster fire. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> From the modified bike. <laughs> That's about it. Uh, it'd be interesting. Okay, let me hear your story. That since you've, you teased me at the beginning there, and I can't stop thinking about it now. Okay, so... My story, I thought that we were going to be presenting cases from our own lives and ways in which we ourselves had been brave. That w That's the second part of the episode, so... Okay, well, that's all I prepared. Okay, that's fine. We can go straight into there. I, I, can, con I can say that I won the first part there, guys, so don't worry. But the question <laughs> of the episode obviously will be relating to the second part of, this, of our episode. But go ahead. So for me now... I don't view myself as a very brave person, but that's because I I view bravery and confidence in two very different ways. Mm. Confidence has to do with you believing in your own... Well, this is my definition, everyone, so don't take this as the gospel truth. But I believe that confidence has to do with you having faith in your own abilities to perform an, a, a set task. And bravery has to do with you doing your best to do that task, even though you think that you can't do it and that that you think that things are going to go to shit anyways. So I would actually, in, in as much as that, I would say that they're two very different and perhaps even opposite things. Because... If you're confident, it means you have full faith in your ability to do the thing. But if you're brave, it means that you, or if you're br brave or courageous, it means that you have almost no faith in the fact that you can do a thing, but you still try to do it. Mm -hmm. And um, I think, uh, like, there, my, my instance was from later last year, where... I, I was working with a client that was a very difficult client and they they gave me an offer for good money and like I was I was stressing a lot about this this client's of work and my reputation and making sure that I do a good job. And there came a point towards the end of the project where I I was absolutely unsure about what their feedback was going to be about the project. And geez, there was just, I was tired. I was exhausted. I didn't want to like hear anything like bad news or anything like that. And for me, it just, it felt like such a difficult decision to not 
like switch off all of my means of communicating with this client. It had to do with being on WhatsApp with social media, but also just my emails, just frequently checking my emails because it was it was just so draining to be constantly alert for for their feedback and the dread that I was feeling every time that I opened my email was it was it was tiring in itself but although I was confident in my in the work that I had provided I wasn't sure about how they would think about it and so I think it was actually quite courageous of me to keep keep on like facing the money if if that's even a phrase but like just being able to to kind of accept whatever the hell was going to come in their next communication and bringing myself to check every single like hour or half hour to see what what they had done or they had said i don't know man it just it, it felt to me like that was a a pretty brave thing yeah man yeah but that's that's it and so yeah i was just waiting for for them to give some feedback on on the service that i provided for them uh mm-hmm. to th- mm-hmm. this client now and i was i was really expecting something bad not because um i wasn't confident in my own work but just because i knew that they were a very difficult client and lo and behold it was it, it didn't turn out well but oh no <laughs> oh no yeah i know but it's 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 still um it's still it, it was difficult for me to to keep on checking out my my communications and you know what i in the end you win some you lose some and, oh, 100% yeah and so it's also difficult to keep like keep courageous when things don't work out yeah. but it's it, it it made me learn that you know sometimes you do just need to face the money and learn from past things and sometimes you just deal with difficult people you can't help it but yeah that's neither here nor there oh you really nailed the head there so i i have to agree with i'll strengthen your point there that a lot of us worry about failing and that is a big thing that like a lot of people think that oh if i try i'm not i'm just gonna fail but I, f- I say to them, which obviously I've heard in a movie before, is that if you don't try, you're very failed. So either way, yeah. you're looking at a lose-lose situation. At least if you try, there's a possibility that you'll do it or achieve it. So yeah, I, 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 I applaud you for what you did. And this is something that is something to be admitted, something to grow from. That's why I say to... I, How do I, you view failure? I view failure as a learning point. Do I like failure? Heck no. No one likes failure. <laughs> but... I view failure as a learning point. Like I try to do something and if it goes wrong, at least I've learned from something. Like I've learned what yeah. I did wrong. But when I don't know what I did wrong, then I get angry because then I know the failure was not due to me because obviously you couldn't prove that I did something wrong. You just wanted to fail me because you want to fail me. But yeah. generally failure is like, you know, you've done, you could have done something differently, but lo and behold, we humanity, we humans, often bite our, uh, punish ourselves. We are our own worst critic, and it's something that's like for me, especially when something goes wrong. I say, "Oh crap! What did I do wrong?" Even though it's nothing, I didn't do anything wrong. But it's just something that's you have to understand failure. What could you have done differently? Like a lot of us said that, "Oh, I could have done that, that, that," and like, well, if I think back then. I don't think I would have done anything differently because it was something. Some things were out of my hands, and some things were under my control. Was I being lazy? Well, depends on different people's points of view. But uh, to tie onto your definition of courage and bravery, one of my close friends uh, also says that bravery is just a is, is a form of stupidity because you do something. It's, it's, there's a fine line between bravery and stupidity, and obviously. You mustn't like confuse like liquid courage, like people getting drunk, as considered brave, because it's just stupidity. They just don't. They're so ignorant. They don't care what's going to happen to them. But I agree with your definition more. I like your definition more. Yeah, and like it's it also uh, the philosophical way in which you've been making me think this week is that like courage and confidence are different things for different people as well. 
I think that a lot of the a lot of things that would require courage from you, I don't think they would require courage from me because um, for me that would have to do with with confidence, and that's mm. because I'm I'm used to speaking to large crowds, mm. not not like stadiums full of people, but just because I'm I'm used to singing solos in a choir. I don't, I don't get, I've never gotten stage fright in my life. I'm not that kind of person. But I know that some people really struggle with that. Oh, 100%. And so for me, yeah, for me, for me, it wouldn't be an act of courage for me to talk to someone like that. It would be just a, a routine thing of confidence. But for someone else who struggles, that would be really, really a confident thing or a courageous thing. And yeah, you just made me think this week about, you know, it, is it really courage if you know that something isn't difficult for you? No, and that's that, true. Yeah, so... It has to be difficult for it to be courage. Yeah. Yeah. And you really made me think about that this week. Oh, I'm glad. So I... So Jotun's known me for quite a long period of my life. Um, we've met... Uh, for too long. It makes me tired. <laughs> But Jotun, can you remember when I was a lot younger? So I've always known you and not a nerd, being very courageous, very out out there. Like you guys didn't really care what people thought of you really. You guys were like go-getters, you're doers. And when I was younger, I felt more like a tag along. Like I would definitely be with you guys and I love being with you guys. But you guys were a lot more out there. Like you guys Not like that, people. <laughs> no. But <laughs> out there, I mean like you got you guys were like you guys had this confidence about you that I always admired about you, you two. And mm. I'm not sure, Jotun, I would like your honest opinion here. I'm, I'm watching you for honesty here. Back then, obviously, did you? I wasn't the most confident little guy. Like I feel like I'm a lot more confident now. But back then, when I was still in our first high school together, I didn't. I don't think I was as confident as I am currently. What is your opinion? Do you think that too? Yeah, I do think so, but I I think it's just because you you weren't forced into the situations in life mm. which would like again force that kind of growth in you. Yeah. But I know from your your recent employment <laughs> horizons that you have been forced to to show that side of yourself mm. and to also to realize that sometimes the things that you that that are a bit daunting for you aren't as bad as you thought and yeah. even when they do go the absolute worst way that you could have thought possible you know it wasn't that bad and um i think that when especially where other people are concerned um because a lot of the times it'll be a courageous act for you to to deal with just a, a terrible situation, mm. but it might not have to do with any person. Mm. But if you're dealing with people, then a lot of the time it doesn't work out as bad as you think. <laughs> no, true. And for me, it's just because of the thing of why should you care? Why should you care about why they care? Like mm. if if that person exactly. has a terrible opinion of you, like how does that actually affect you? Like in in the end, like. People's people's feelings and perceptions of us actually have to do with their own inner world. And like when I think about it, at the end of the day, if someone's inner world doesn't positively affect mine, then screw them. Like I don't need them. <laughs> like I why why would if it, okay people just follow my reasoning here. <laughs> if you don't know someone and you don't care about this unknown person's like life and all the things going on with them, why the hell would you care about what they think of you? Really, okay. like just think about it. And so that's my approach to to everything, like how I interact with people. Now there is a certain reality with like your your business reputation and your reputation as a person, but um, for the most part, it's like. If I really, really was desperate and I, I couldn't hold an appeal or something, I don't care, dude. I would just piss, a, piss against the wall. And if some stranger on the seat uh, on the street 
saw me peeing against the wall, I'd be like, well, screw you. I don't know you. You don't know what kind of like desperate <laughs> position I'm in. Okay. You don't know if I'm like, if, yeah. Basically, they don't, they don't know if I drank lots of coffee or something. That's what I'm saying, man. They don't know if you have a serious disease that you need to pee every single minute of every single yeah, day. Yeah, dude. <laughs> For all they know, I could have a broken dialysis machine or something. <laughs> okay, so. I w so I want to say my story quickly because I do want to touch on one more surprise topic. I'll give you the surprise topic so you can at least brew it in your brain while I give my one. So the surprise topic is which person, male, female, dead or alive, do you think is a good represent representation of courage or confidence? I have my one lined up, but I'll give you my quick story of where I had to overcome a challenge and it's just something there. So... My quick story is, so why I mentioned the fact I was not the most confident kid back then, and I agree, 100% agree with how Jotun described in the past, was that I was obviously pushed into certain situations and had to grow from it. But I also changed my way of thinking of things or, or doing activities, because how Jotun described, who cares what you do? You do it, you do it, kind of vibe. A little bit different, not necessarily me peeing on a wall or anything, but my, my form of understanding is that if there's an activity, I want to say yes to it. Even if I have no idea what it is, even if I, obviously it's not something that I feel too confident with, I'll say yes to do it because I want to try to at least give it a go. But one of the scariest times for me was just finishing high school. I was in a much better place and I had to go decide what I wanted to do for my career. What I wanted to do higher education, of course, and I had an option between engineering and architecture. So where I had been accepted was incredibly far away from my close family, my, and I had to live by myself. And for me, who had never lived for such a long period away from my family and officially after taking this giant leap forward, I can tell you with confidence, Jotun, I was cracking myself. I was fearing that like, I didn't know what life was going to be like because I was just a, a young, young man now. Whippersnapper. Young whippersnapper in a from a small town, seriously a small town. Now in a big city, I was crapping myself. I, I I can tell you, the first two weeks I was hesitant to walk out our student campus because I had no idea what the real world was like outside of my little town. And she's dude, I had to, and that's the thing. Like, confidence and courage doesn't necessarily have to be something like to. Jotun, who had a lot more travel experience around the world, he he was a little more used to it. Obviously, it's different for everyone. But for me, it was just a little bit daunting because I was by myself. And if something were to go wrong, the I still had some family, but they were quite far away. So it would be a bit of a mission to get something organized. So it was just something that I had to kind of like take it one step at a time. So our school motto, the final year for us was when you have a giant elephant in front of you, a giant task, a giant anything, any obstacle, anything that you are unsure about, anything like a challenging project, you don't think you have the confidence to do it. Even though you have the tools to do it, you feel like, what if this goes wrong? The best advice I can ever give anyone, which I also live by, is eat that elephant one piece at a time. And I don't mean a physical elephant, guys, because you can go for it if you can, but you'll struggle to eat an entire elephant, trust me. It's also wrong. <laughs> uh, debatable. Yeah, I think you, I, I think Jotun could do a pretty damn meat good is job. Meat. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you could do a good job, but I think uh, taking the, the giant ass obstacle and taking it one piece at a time helps helps get your confidence up, boosts your confidence because you don't have to jump in the deep end. No one tells you to, no one expects you to do some things. But if you take one step, try it out, push a little bit further, push a little bit further. You realize this giant obstacle that you put it painted a picture of is not as giant as you may have expected. And that's why I also think like when people see a giant audience, they must think about the fact that it's like me speaking with you, Jotun. Right now, we could be speaking to hundreds of people, but that doesn't scare me in the, in the slightest. I know this is a recording, but I have confidence that me and you will have a great time. And I hope that great time is also shared amongst the people who listen to this podcast episode. So... And and also also remember, guys, like you don't do courageous things for the benefit of other people. You you actually do it for yourself. Agreed. And so if if for example you guys didn't like 
what we were saying. I'd be like, well, honestly, screw you. Like, I'm not doing this for you. I am. Like, don't freak out. I kind of am. But I'm actually <laughs> doing this for for myself and for Mackie. You know, this yeah. is how this is how we we tackle big conversations with each other and how mm. we grow as individuals. Now, it's a I, I think it's a good thing for you guys because you guys also, I hope, grow because of these conversations. And that maybe we make you guys think about these things as well. But in the end of the day, as long as I enjoy myself and Mackie enjoys himself, then it was all worthwhile. Yeah, agreed. So going to our last topic, because we are approaching the near end, as we always have to. Jotun, who's your person of that represents courage in your eyes? Jeez, man, this is so hard. <laughs> like, No long story. Has to be a short and sweet answer. Yeah. So basically, I'm, I'm a little bit conflicted about this because this person just didn't care so much that... I actually am unsure about whether it's courageous. Okay. But I would like to say Diogenes the Cynic. Ooh. Because when, uh, now this is a bit of a fable story, but to put it very briefly, he was asked by Alexander the Great, basically, I can give you anything in the entire world. What do you want? And Diogenes the Cynic said to him, please take two steps to the right because you're in my son. And Diogenes, Diogenes the cynic was like basically sunbathing, buck naked. That's what he was doing, sleeping in the sun. And he said uh, to Alexander the, the Great, basically, get out of my way. Oh, you have to respect that's that. such a ballsy move, dude. Yo. <laughs> I love that. I really do but love that. But it's because that's... he just didn't give a damn. Yeah, I agree. Man, that was That's a good one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like thinking that's such a good line. Okay, so my man of like expert courage and confidence can be none other than Chuck Norris. <laughs> oh wow, dude, Chuck Norris is the legit. Like, if I want to say like, like you can't go wrong with Chuck Norris because I have some jokes lined up. I'll touch a few of them. The dinosaurs looked at Chuck Norris the wrong way once. You know what happened to them? Chuck Norris tears cure tears cure cancer too bad he has never cried <laughs> chuck norris once roundhouse kicked someone so hard that his foot broke the speed of lights <laughs> you, wow. just know, you just know that these jokes are just such a joy to read it's like chuck norris does not sleep he waits <laughs> <laughs> in the shadows lurking watching chuck norris can dribble a bowling ball <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, Chuck Norris has never blinked in his entire life. Never. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so why I say Chuck Norris is because everything about the legend. I um, Guys, I know Chuck Norris is not as powerful or maybe he is. Please don't, don't, please don't break me out of existence, Chuck. I am a supporter of you. Just how his legend has like demonstrate true courage and confidence that nothing can beat him like he is considered like better than satama which is one punch man and he's just a fun guy to read his jokes about this is so much fun didn't he lose to bruce lee though i think he did yeah in real life he did haha <laughs> take that chuck <laughs> but he is the man who can count to infinity twice <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> but yes, guys, I think that's where it's going to conclude this episode. So, guys, if you did enjoy this episode, we'd really do appreciate it if you hit that like or five star rating or recommend it to your friends and family. Do all if you can. That would be great. But we really do appreciate any support you guys can help us grow this small Ramble Shamble podcast. We do stream to all available podcasts Google Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And we'll try to grow to more. YouTube is one of our more prevalent ones. We try to, we post that at the same time. So you guys got some visual aid. Although we don't have any animations at this stage. You must just tell Jotun to get his button to gear. Um, but besides that, we do have a gaming channel called Fumble Shamble. Fumble Shamble is where we play a whole bunch of games. But the best way to tell us your answers to our questions at the end of each episode, as well as possibly game with us, podcasts with us, is to join our Discord. Link in the description of pretty much everywhere, including Spotify. 
or if you are cannot find that link you can always do a google search for ramble stramble and it's quite easy to just quickly join if you're unable to join that is a simple reason because either your discord account is very new so give it a two weeks or so maybe you can send me a direct message and then boom you can all mention on youtube and i can assist you from there but again guys we try to release these episodes every thursday thursday is where we try to do it if you're unable to release it we'll let you guys know via our instagram twitter or facebook or discord and we guys will let you guys know but yotin tell them what what they can do if they don't have a full hour to spend what can they what, how can they listen to our ramble shamble podcast yeah so if you guys aren't you don't have the availability to listen to our mellifluous voices while we talk about a long episode just because your time is a little bit constricted or whatever please uh, we have a shorter playlist of smaller episodes well actually the the playlist will be the same length but of shorter episodes rather where we just take the answers that you guys give us for any of the questions that we ask inside of the main episode and we talk about that for a little bit instead so we we normally give you guys a few questions based on the main topic about either something that we couldn't include or that we couldn't think of because with even though we have gigantic brains we do <laughs> we still can't think about everything under the sun and sometimes you guys also have a really unique perspective so let us know what you guys think about the questions we ask or about what we answered as well we'd like to hear your opinion and we'd like you guys to contribute as well so now the question of this episode will be an and an or one so basically you can give a certain circumstance real preferably in real life that you believe exhibits true courage and confidence it can be on someone else's life and you think this represents that or it can be a personal experience if you feel like sharing that again guys we will be happy to shout out your name if you do wish is to be a shout out if guys want to be don't feel a bit uh insecure about that kind of thing that confidence can always help you by having a simple shout out from a humble little podcast called ramble shamble but until then guys really great that you we're very grateful for you guys coming to listen to us ramble our selves all about confidence and hope you guys can come listen to us in a future episode bye from mackie bye everyone bye